We are in our final week right now of this series called What's Next? And started this series a couple of weeks ago because we've got a lot of what's next questions happening within our church. And I'll remind you that we have the Spring Fling next Sunday. It's actually next Sunday. And uh, Wayne, I think I've got a QR code for that Spring Fling. If you want to throw that up real quick. And during that, if you scan this with your phone, it'll take you to the registration. Um, during this after church next Sunday, what we're going to do is we're going to answer two big questions about what's next. What's next in the Methodist church? What's the plan? What's ahead of us? Because I've heard some things in the Methodist church and everything that's going around. So we'll talk about how that impacts and relates to us. And number two, we're going to talk about what's next for us when it comes to the move. Uh, we're moving to a new location on Williams Road, and we're really excited about that. Everybody's asking me all the time, when's it going to happen? We're going to have all those details or as many details as we can to be able to share with you. That's next. Sunday, okay? So, a lot going on within our church, but also, uh, what's next? You can go ahead and take that down. Thanks, Wayne. The, the, the reason that this is a, such an important topic for us, personally speaking, is that we face decisions all the time, okay? We, uh, we know that the decisions we make ultimately end up shaping our lives. The decisions we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. So in case you've been out for a little bit, we've been talking about how to determine God's will. In the first week, we laid kind of a, a good foundation. Let me give you a little recap of what we talked about in week number one. We said maybe it's better to work on who we are before we make a big decision, right? We, we got to get the foundation correct. You know, the right who will lead to the right do. You know, th those types of things when it comes to how can I prepare myself for what God wants for me next. That was first week. Last week, um, we, um, we focused on uh, what to expect when you're trying to figure out and live into God's will. And we said there are a few things that will happen. One, you can expect the Spirit's pull. The Spirit working alive and moving in you will tug you, will pull you. Like Paul said, it bound him in a certain direction. We said that you can be certain that there will be some uncertainty, which is what we're going to talk about today. There's going to be a lot of details of what we're not exactly sure of what's happening, which means we have to have faith. We know it's going to be a challenge because it's always a challenge living out God's purpose in this world. And we know that if we put our focus on Christ and not on ourselves, like if our focus is on him, then we'll have uncommon courage to face whatever that next step is. Now, for today's message, that's where we've been. Where are we going today? Let, let me start off by saying that I, I feel, I think it's interesting how so many people are worried about perfection, the perfect decision. And what I mean by that is making that perfect decision that will give me the perfect outcome so that I can have the perfect life because I don't want to miss out on all the perfect things that God has in store for me. For example, when it comes to marriage, people actually think that there's God's perfect plan, that there is one perfect person out there for them, right? You've had that conversation with somebody before where they're just like, they're like, oh, I just know there's that perfect someone, that God has the perfect one for me, which I think is kind of funny because if you blow it and you make the wrong decision, then you kind of messed it up for everybody else, right? I was telling somebody that the other day. I was like, I don't know that anybody's like perfect, right? Like if you, you know, and they were like, you know, it's like if you don't marry the right one, then everybody else is kind of messed up. And he was like, yeah, I'm the one. I blew it for everybody. Like that was me, right? So anyway, that, that's, here's what I've learned when it comes to perfection. Uh, and these are just extra. These aren't in your message notes. But one thing when it comes to perfection 
Um, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. We don't always get it right. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. And the reason I start here is because when it comes to knowing God's will, if I miss out on God's plan, like if I make a bad decision, guess what? It's not over. You didn't ruin it, right? So while our aim may be perfection, which is good, like we should aim for perfection, of course, right? We realize that we're, we're living in a broken world. Nothing is really perfect. So that means if I'm trying to live into God's plan and I really blow up big time, it doesn't mean that it's all downhill from here and nothing's ever going to go right again. Because here's a shocker. We're not always going to get it right. And God knows this. But again, that doesn't mean that when we blow it, that God just, you know, washes his hands with us and he's just done. And I'm out and I cannot believe you made that decision. You figure out life on your own. That doesn't happen. You know, like, we see this all the time in the Bible. Take Peter, for example. Peter, far from perfect. Boy, did he mess up a lot. He, he cut the soldier's ear off. He denied knowing Jesus. He didn't have the faith to walk on the water and started drowning, you know, sort of went under the water. I'm sure Jesus is probably looking up at God going, really, God, is there anybody else? Like, seriously, like there's got to be another guy that we can call the rock because this guy's not cutting it. But no matter what he did, no matter what happened, like, Jesus never gave up on him. Jesus was always there. Even after denying Jesus, even after he rose from the dead, he still came back to Peter and reinstated him, right? He didn't leave him. What he did was he got him back on track. He was still there. So, God's will for us, it might be perfect. God is perfect. But we're not. We have this thing called free will, right? Which means we get to make our own choices. But what makes it even more awesome is watching how God gets us back on track. How God gets us back in his will, even when we make a mistake. So I bring all that up with perfection and this perfect image and making the perfect decisions because we're never, we're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to make, but just because we messed up doesn't mean that it's over. So with all that being said, let's say that I've made some less than perfect decisions in the past, but I want to do better. Like, let's just say, like, I've got this big decision or I made a bad decision, so next time this comes around, like, I want to know, how do I get back on track with God? Like, what can I do? So, so, so the question this morning really is, like, how can I grow in my decision-making process so that I'm more in line with God's will? Because I've learned from my past mistakes and I want better. The good news is, is that if you're a follower of Jesus, God wants you to know exactly what he wants you to do, and you can be 100% sure of what God wants, and there will never be a doubt in your mind, and there will never be any problems, and there will never be any obstacles at all in following him. And I am completely lying in church. I am not telling the truth. You know this. God's perfect. We're not. We don't always get to know all the details and everything that's ahead of us. Well, we talked about this last week when it came to Paul. Do you remember that? Remember that story? Paul, if anybody knew God's will, like we said last week, like Paul should be the one, right? Like he should be able to make every decision 
perfectly and understand everything that God wants him to do. He's the one that wrote like half the New Testament. He's the one that ministered to Caesar. He started like 14 churches. I mean, this is the guy. But look what he wrote. Look what he wrote in these verses. He says this. He says, I am planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps, perhaps, I'm not really sure, but perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter. Who knows? Maybe into the summer, maybe into the spring. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I'm not sure. And then he says, then you can send me on my way to my next destination. What's that destination? I'm not sure. I don't really know yet. I'm still trying to figure this out. Verse 7, this time... I don't want to just make a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and I want to stay a little while. If the Lord will let... I'm not sure. If it's his will, I'm not sure. I'd like to stay a little while. I'd like to stay... I'm not sure what God is going to say. So verse 8. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. There is a wide open door for great work here. I know this much, but there are a lot of people that oppose me. Like, here's what I know. There's this wide open door here. I'm going to trust God that this is my next step. And I'm going to lean into this. There's a great work that could be done here, but there's still a lot of people that oppose me, so I'm not sure how all this is going to work out. Here's the second thing when it comes to perfection. We don't get a clear, perfect map. There is no perfect map for us, not even for Paul. He doesn't get to see everything. Last week we talked about we can be certain that there's going to be some uncertainty in our life. You remember he said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm not sure what awaits me, but I know that there's going to be suffering and there's going to be jail. And I'm not sure how or when or why all this is going to happen. It just is going to kind of play itself out. And it seems like with the verses that we just read... When it comes to Paul, there's even more uncertainty. He uses a lot of ifs and whens and perhaps and maybe. And I'd like to, but I'm not so sure. But here's the deal. When it comes to Paul, I don't think he was necessarily worried about having the perfect picture all laid out for him either. I think he did exactly what we were talking about. He was trusting God one step at a time, making the best decision he could make in that moment, where the Spirit was leading him, and God was able to work in amazing ways. You see, I want you to take some comfort in this, knowing that God doesn't always show us that perfect picture map of the future. Like we said last week, God wants us to have faith that we need in him. So, so here's the third point when it comes to perfection. There's no perfect person. There's no perfect map that we get. But God is perfect. So even though we're not perfect and we don't always make the best decisions, we serve the one who is perfect, right? Even though we don't get that picture-perfect map always, we serve the one who does have it. So what we've got to do is we've got to be as close to him as possible. We need God's wisdom in our life. That's when things start to make sense is when we're close and we're moving in the same direction that he is. So what I want to talk about this morning, I led all of that to get to this. We need more wisdom. We need wisdom. We need wisdom to discern God's will. Right? This is actually one of the most important things that we can receive from God. And if you don't believe me, ask Solomon. Solomon is the smartest man that ever lived. More than anything, he said, he wanted wisdom from God. And in case this is your first time in church and you're not sure about who Solomon is, 
Um, it's kind of a cool story. When he takes the throne, when Solomon becomes king, he was asked to sacrifice a bull before the Lord as a burnt offering. That's what normal kings do. And Solomon wanted to make a big statement. You know people like that, like, you know people who hear what's been done and they're like, I want to do more. Like, I've got to show off. I've got to do the extra, right? And so what he did was he sacrificed one bull, and then he sacrificed 999 more bulls. So a 1,000 total sacrifice. And there's just this extravagant moment of worship. And it just blew God away away and God was so pleased it would be like you as a parent asking your kid to clean their room and you left the house and when you came back you found that not only did they clean their room but they cleaned the whole house and you're like what just happened you're probably thinking it'd be easier to sacrifice a thousand bulls than for that to actually happen. but if you did that you would look if they did that you would look at your kid and you'd be like what do you want right like Obviously, you, 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 you want something, and I'm inclined to give it to you. Like, I want to. This is amazing. Thank you so much. And God was like this with Solomon. He says, what do you want? You ask for anything. You'll have it. You can have riches. You can have power. You can have your enemies destroyed. You can have Georgia season football tickets. You know, you name it. And I'll give it to you. And Solomon, in that moment, and you know this story, he says, what I want is wisdom. Give me wisdom, your wisdom, to make the best decisions I can. And God said, I like that answer. So if you read his stuff, over and over and over again, Solomon is like, we're not perfect. We don't get to see the perfect map of everything laid out. But we serve a perfect God. So get wisdom. Get his wisdom. It's important. In fact, you know how important wisdom is if you've ever been at a different stage in life and you look back in your life and you were like, I wish I knew then what I know now, right? When it, I wish I could go back when it came to that big purchase, that job, that, that person I dated. Ugh, you know, like, I wish that I could do things different. Well, what do you have now that you didn't have then? You've got more wisdom, right? So while God doesn't just lay every detail out for us, he does want to give you wisdom, wisdom for the next step. Just like we said last week when we have that lamp, and that lamp only lights up so much, but it lights up enough so that you can see the direction and take that next step. So since we need God's wisdom in our life, let me give you three real simple thoughts this morning that line up with this message today. Very simple words that will help us understand how to gain more wisdom. Okay, so these are in your message notes if you're ready to fill in some blanks. Everybody online, they're on your, um, the app as well. Number one is this, is just simply walk. Walk. Okay, and I use this verse all the time. I love this. And I was telling the uh, volunteer worship this morning why this verse is so important to me and when this really kind of hit true in my life. But Proverbs says, walk with the wise and become wise. Look at the first part of that, walk with the wise. Okay, uh, if you walk with the wise, you will be wise. Wisdom literally rubs off, okay? And it doesn't matter your SAT scores, thank goodness, right? Doesn't matter if you got a master's or a doctorate. Truth is, you walk with wise people, you will become wise. Let me ask you a question. 
How many of y'all, how many of y'all like to take walks every now and then? Let me see. Raise your hands if you like to go outside and get a little walk. Yeah, maybe this afternoon. All right. How, how many of y'all, how many of y'all have a walking buddy? Let me see. You got you got somebody that you like to walk with? Yeah, okay, good. There you go. I, I think some of the most important conversations Shannon and I, and I have are when we're just out walking together. Like when it's just the two of us, we're walking around the neighborhood, walking in the park. Those moments of just walking and talking. They allow us to learn so much without all the distractions around it. So let me ask you this question when it comes to this. Who are you walking through life with? Think about that for a minute. What, what are you getting from then? Like what's rubbing off on you? Right? Literally, who are you walking through with? But also figuratively, like who are you walking through? Because it's important. Solomon says... You want to be wise, you want to gain wisdom, you need to walk with someone or a group of people that is moving in the same direction. So this is why we push journey groups so much here at this church, right? This is why we talk about getting out of rows and into circle. It's because being here for an hour on Sundays is great. Doing your personal study time is great, but it's not everything. There is more. We, we need, God put in us this desire to be in community. We need community, and we need a small community that's walking in the same direction we are that will lead us closer to the presence of Christ. This is why we talk so much about our women's ministry and our men's ministry. I was talking to somebody last week and about our men's group, and he said, I honestly, he's like, I don't know where I'd be with the church if it weren't for this group of guys that meets on Thursdays. This is another reason we're so passionate about our student ministries. Parents, if your students aren't involved in a ministry, if they're not involved in Sunday mornings, do you know, speaking of this, walking with other, my Abby loves serving in that kid's ministry. If she's home, she is serving in that kid's ministry. She loves it so much. In fact, she will come home early sometimes just so that she can be down there on those carpets with those kids because she loves the team. She loves those people that are down there, and she has formed this little community, and she walks through life with them. It's, it's so cool to see that like she goes out of her way to be with that group. If your students, like if, if your students aren't involved in Sunday mornings serving or in the middle school group or, or Sunday evenings when they get together at the office or, or breakfast on Wednesdays or whatever it is, man, they're missing out because they have an opportunity to journey through life with other students and you know it's different today than we grew up. You know that, right? I was shocked and blown away, and I, I, I won't tell you all the details, but I was just blown away by some of the articles I was reading about the percentages and what kids are dealing with in school today. They need, they need people that are walking in the same direction they're going. Right? Consistently helping them make wise decisions. You know, that's the reason that we push all this. This is the reason that we have trips for students. You know, we got that sold-out trip coming up, and I can't tell you how many students are going. It's just amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's full, if not... It's already been full, but they opened up some more room. But anyway, it's one of the reasons we're having the barbecue luncheon is to help pay for all these trips. And, you know, people think that we do confirmation and we do sold out and we do these fall retreat or we. By we, I mean Nathan. <laughs> Nathan and that crew do all of those things because we just need more to do on the weekends or in the summer. That is not the case, okay? We've got plenty going on in our lives too. But the reason we do it is because we know what you know, what Solomon knew. 
Walk with the wise and become wise. We want to create opportunity for people to get together so that they're moving and walking in the same direction. And y'all, you know, I was talking with somebody this past week. Matter of fact, they were just telling me about their, their student who made a conscious decision to spend more time with a certain group of people because they were committed in their faith. And they didn't give up. I'm not saying they gave up on their other friends. I'm not saying they, you know, stopped being friendly or were judgmental or anything. They were just like, no, no, no. For this time in my life, I realized I need to be walking with people that are moving in the same direction as I am. So adults, I just spent a lot of time on students. I just want to encourage you with those students because of things that I was reading this week. It's really, it's really alarming what's happening in society today. They need that. They need that community. But adults, we need that community too. Okay? You want God's direction. You want to know what's next. Get with God's people. Make sure you are surrounded with God's people, people that are moving in that same direction. So join a group, start a group, get a group together. The second thing you got to do is you got to ask. You got to ask. You're going to need to ask God. You want wisdom to make the best decision? Ask him. God is always listening. He promises to be with us and to never leave us. He is always listening when we ask, and he is prepared to answer us. This is one of my favorite verses, and I use James 1.5 all the time. I would commit this to memory if I were you. James, the brother of Jesus, he says this, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. When you need wisdom, ask him. He'll give it to you. You know what's funny is that I still think I'm just as smart as my children. Like, I really do believe it. However, what's funny is that when they're young, you know, as a parent, you are the hero. And you know everything there is to know about life. And then they become teenagers. And everything changes. Who in here has ever thought to yourself, my teenager thinks I'm a dummy? Let's see. Raise your hands. Look at all those dummies in church. Look at y'all. I was there. In fact, I was thinking about this the past. I was thinking about this um, a little while back because we were on this. Um, we were getting ready to uh, fly away somewhere, and we were on a shuttle bus getting from the parking ride over to the airport. And while on the bus, there was these groups of people sitting together, and there was this family, this, this, this husband, wife, and three teenage kids all sitting in the back. And we all started talking about where we were going. Like, where are you going? And where are you going? You know, because that's who I am. Like, I strike up conversations with strangers in buses. And so we're all having conversations. And I noticed that his three kids, they're all looking, all teenagers are all looking at their phones, you know, not paying a lick of attention of anybody so after we have shared where we're all going the dad looks at his three teenage boys and he says hey where are y'all going because y'all ain't going with me and they looked up obvious a joke they look up from their phone they don't say anything they just look at their dad with that look of please stop talking to me do y'all know that look and then they went right back down and I was like dad I thought that was funny you should send them on a different plane. Make them go somewhere else, right? But what happens later on is that when teenagers grow up, I'm, I'm, I'm moving into this new stage in life that they do come back around. And they start to realize that you may know some things. And so they do call. And they do ask questions. And everything, every time they do, I don't remember those teenage years, you know. 
When they ask me questions, I'm going to give them the best answer that I know because I love them, right? It's the same thing with our Heavenly Father God. God's the same way. He loves to share his wisdom with his children. When you ask him, the problem is sometimes we act like we're teenagers and we think we know it all. And we think we don't really need them. And nothing could be farther from the truth. Listen, he he may not lay it all out in a perfect map for us to see, right? But the promise is, is that he'll give you wisdom if you're willing to ask so when people are struggling with that next decision, so when people are struggling with that next step, you know, you know, I gotta, I gotta ask them, are you really asking? Like, are you really seeking? Scripture says if we seek, we will find. So are you praying? Are you in Scripture? Are you really taking this before the Lord? Because I truly believe he wants you to know that. Now, he may not answer everything that's ahead, but he wants you to know that next step. We just gotta remember to go after it. And the third thing we gotta do, Third thing we got to do is decide. Very simple. We got to walk, we got to ask, and then we're going to have to make a decision, and we're going to have to decide. And sometimes a no decision is worse than making a bad decision. I got to admit, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Karate Kid. Anybody else a Karate Kid fan? Okay. I still remember the night we first saw Karate Kid when I was little. We immediately had to move all the furniture out of the den and try to crane kick each other to see who could do it the best, one of the best nights of my life. But if you've seen the movie, you know that Mr. Miyagi has some great lines in that movie. Now, I'm not going to try to say any of them in Miyagi's accent because that would embarrass everybody here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you all a video clip. Y'all watch this. Okay, so I, I think this is pretty cool because what he's getting at is you got to make a decision, right? And I think that the third and final point is to decide because we can't be afraid of making an imperfect decision that we never move forward trying anything for God's glory. Sometimes we make the mistake of just walking down the middle of the road, not really wanting to decide one way or the other. And maybe, maybe you're walking with godly people, and you know that you're getting sound advice to move in the straight. Maybe you're asking God, and you're praying about it, and you're reading Scripture, and those prayers are leading you in a certain direction. But the thing is, you won't decide. you got to go with the wisdom that God has given you. right? you got to go with that. Make a decision. And have faith. Of course, the question always is, but what if I make a mistake? What if? What if you make a mistake? Let me go back to Apostle Paul for just a minute. He, he is seeking direction from God. And look what it says in 1 Thessalonians. He, he's talking about whether or not he should go. He said this, when we could wait no longer, we decided. 
I love this. It doesn't say that God spoke through the heavens to Paul and his friends and said, thou shalt stayeth in Athens. You know, it's not that God did that. It says, no, when we couldn't wait any longer, he was like, we, we, which means he had some great people with him. It means that he was walking through life with some good people. And he says, when we couldn't wait any longer, he just went with the wisdom that he had to make the best decision. And he was like, we got out of the middle of the road. Sometimes that what's next means that you just got to buckle up and you just got to decide. Going back to that idea of perfect decisions, you know, do you know when it comes to decisions that I make, I'm never 100% sure that this is the perfect decision. When it comes to decisions about the church, when I'm going to the leadership team, I'm never 100% sure. I'm usually 70, maybe 75%, you know. But, but in those moments, when I'm walking with them, and when I'm walking with the Lord and asking Him, I get to a point where I feel like He's given me enough wisdom to take a step, to decide, and to trust. But again, the big question we go back to when we're thinking about this idea of perfect is what if I make a mistake? Well, you know what comes with mistakes? More wisdom. More We learn, right? In fact, a lot of times I gain more wisdom from my failure than anything else, right? And I'll tell you what I don't want to do, though, is I don't want to live my life looking back with regrets, thinking I could have, should have, would have. Maybe I should have. Man, I knew God was leading me, and I didn't take that opportunity. He'll give you what you need to make that next step. You just Sometimes we just got to decide. So let me wrap this up. Truth is, we aren't perfect. We don't always get it right. We don't get that big perfect picture map. Thank goodness, because I said last week it might scare every single one of us. What we got to do is we got to have faith. So when it comes to what's next, don't freak out about it. Man, get to know Jesus. Get as close to God as possible. And that means walking, walking with a group of people, walking with others that are also looking for God's will, asking God, seeking Him in prayer and scripture getting enough wisdom you can to make that next step and knowing, knowing, I've got to make a decision. And if I do, I'm going to trust God. And you know what? If you mess up, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Scripture says that he is the good shepherd. You know what the good shepherd goes, what, what he does for that one lost sheep, the one sheep that didn't make the right decision, the one sheep that got off the trail and went on his own, and got the whole, he got, got himself lost. You know what he does? He goes after that sheep, that one. And when he finds them, he guides them, he leads them. Scripture even says he picks them up and gets them back on track. If you let him. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much that you are with us, that you are in us, God, that you guide us that you watch over us. God, there's absolutely no way that we could ever foresee everything that's going to happen in the future. We know that. God, help us to be faithful with right now and the present, to be faithful with that next step. God, I pray for everybody here who came in today stressed out because of the decision that needs to be made. God, help us, 
Help us uh, to stop thinking that everything just has to be perfect. We're not perfect. We know that. But you are. So, so please help us to get to know you more, to lean into you more, to gain your wisdom. And God, help us to gain the wisdom from the godly people that you have placed in our life. Because God, we don't want to live life with regrets. So God, help us to take the wisdom that you give us through the Spirit, through Scripture, through others, and help us to make that next decision. Knowing that if we mess up, it's okay, God, that, you, that you'll guide us. And God, for those people that have messed up, and they think that their lives are different now or done, and that you're upset with them, God, would you help them see just how much you love them? Would you speak to their heart? Would you help them understand your love and that you want to get them back on track? So God, I just pray that we would turn to you no matter where we are in life. That we would find the guidance and the strength and the protection that comes through the presence of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.